listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Happy 4th of July everybody and welcome to episode number 178, Roman Reigns takes a pinfall loss. Mr. and Ms. Money in the Bank were crowned, and several other twists and turns happened in, in WWE's premium live event in London last weekend. Warrior Wrestling's main event at their last show at Marian Catholic concluded on the top of the football stadium press box, and there was a wacky freelance show as well. And as part of our coverage and sponsorship of WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome someone who has refereed all over the world, and he's coming to Tinley Park to help officiate this special event. Our special guest this week, former WWE referee and Rantoul's own, Justin King. You'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, this past weekend it was WWE's Money in the Bank at O2 Arena in London as seen on Peacock and the WWE Network and it was an action-packed show. Your men's Money in the Bank winner, Damian Priest, he outlasts Butch, LA Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura to win the briefcase. And man, that L.A. Knight, he is so over right now. He's red hot, and I think the crowd really wanted him to win, and he was very, very close. But I don't object to Damian Priest winning either, and I definitely think that's going to be an interesting dynamic with him holding the briefcase, with Finn Balor also coveting that championship. Going to be interesting times for Damian Priest and the Judgment Day following the men's Money in the Bank match. And I would say watch out for L.A. Knight because... Maybe him not winning the Money in the Bank briefcase could have been the best thing for him as his popularity probably continues to gain steam after that. He'll get the sympathetic love from the fans then as well. And then the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship that recently returned Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez defeat Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to win the titles after, get this, longtime friend of Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda. Did not see that coming. Totally shocked there. For the WWE Intercontinental Championship, Gunther continues his year-long plus reign by defeating Matt Riddle via submission. 
Cody Rhodes defeats the white-hot heel, Dominic Mysterio, with Rhea Ripley in his corner. And Dom is just doing an amazing job as a heel right now. He's probably the most hated man in wrestling. And look out for that PWI Awards at the end of the year. He might win Most Hated Wrestler of the Year. Women's Money in the Bank match. And congratulations to Damage Control's EO Sky, who defeats Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, and Trish Stratus after EO handcuffed Bailey and Becky Lynch to each other on the ladder. So kind of um interesting and creative finish there. And EO Sky holds the Money in the Bank briefcase. Which champion will she pursue? That'll be very interesting. For your World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins retains, pinning Finn Balor of the Judgment Day, following a curb stomp and a tease from Damian Priest on cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. So we've already kind of seen where Priest is playing some mind games with Seth Rollins with the briefcase. And in your main event, the Bloodline Civil War and this was an epic match, 30 minutes plus. The Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso, defeat Roman Reigns and Sol Sokoa. But Roman Reigns takes the pinfall. Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns. The first time Roman Reigns has been pinned in a WWE ring since December of 2019 by none other than Baron Corbin. And... This could be leading to a Jey Uso championship match against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam next month. And this isn't the first time Jey Uso has pinned Roman Reigns. It's a rare occurrence, but it actually did happen about 10 years ago. In 2013, Jey Uso actually pinned Roman as part of an 11-on-3 handicap match. And I remember it well because I was actually there. It was on Monday Night Raw at Allstate Arena. So... Great pay-per-view by WWE, a lot of fun. We had Drew McIntyre return. We had John Cena come out and tease WrestleMania in London. All around great show. This is going to be a lot of fun heading into SummerSlam. And on a kind of a somber note, rest in peace to Darren Drozdov, who competed as Draws in WWE. He had a short career back in 1998-99, but it ended tragically when he was accidentally paralyzed during a match that was taped for SmackDown and... That's a rough situation to, to live practically half your life in a wheelchair. And he had a pretty good spirit and all that. It, it's just a sad thing to see somebody actually lose their career just like that. And um, rest in peace to the family and friends of Draws, Darren Drozdov. All right, this past weekend, back to Thursday night, June the 29th, Freelance Wrestling presented Ring of Rage back at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. And in the scramble match, we had El Torero, Outlasting Saban Gage, Nick Cotis, Jared Lark, Stone Ambrose, and Sort of Incredible Iverson. This was kind of a cool showcase of a lot of the younger guys from the Freelance Wrestling Academy, and El Torero comes out with the victory. Then, our buddy Trevor Outlaw comes out all upset about the treatment he's been receiving in Freelance as of late, and he confronts referee Dan Perch. Perch takes him down with the double leg after Trevor swings and misses, Puts Trevor in an ankle lock, and Trevor Outlaw taps out to Dan Perch. <laughs> Trevor is going to be pissed now. And then we had Rico Gonzalez pinning Jaden Newman. For the Freelance Legacy Championship, Brian Keith retains that title. He pins the upstart Coda Hernandez with the Tiger Driver 
following Isaiah Velasquez's distraction of Coda. And then in tag team action, Bussy of Effie and Alley Catch defeat the Bang Bros of Davy Bang and August Matthews when Davy Bang gets pinned following a Bussy galore. At least that's what uh, Jason Midas called it on the IWTV broadcast. It's basically a tandem sack rider where Alley Catch holds up her opponent and then Effie comes down with like the Zack Ryder's Rough Rider and of course it's called Sack Rider for obvious reasons. And then we had Iron Demon Shane Mercer with James Russo in his corner. He pins Cole Radrick after Moonsault and Battery. Freelance Tag Team Championship, GPA and Laney make their first defense successfully, defeating Dylan McQueen and Kylie Alexa when Laney rolls up McQueen following an eye rake in a distraction from GPA. And Freelance World Championship in your main event, Storm Grayson retains the title. He pins Craig Mitchell after a pair of knee triggers. But Shane Mercer had tried to interject late in the match and attack Mitchell, but Storm ended up jumping on both wrestlers before some, some guys from the back dragged Mercer away from the fray. And Freelance Wrestling's next show will be at Avondale Music Hall, a new venue for them on Friday night, July the 28th. And this past Friday night, June the 30th, Warrior Wrestling presented Friday Night Lights back at the football field at Marion Catholic High School, Spartan Stadium, a.k.a. Dave Matteo Field in Chicago Heights, the final ever show at Marion Catholic High School as Principal Steve Tortorello is moving on to a new job with the Archdiocese, and farewell to Warrior Wrestling, at least at Marion Catholic. Great show once again. Starting out with Saban Gage pinning Cole Radrick. And then Sky Blue defeats Heather Reckless in yet another chapter of their long rivalry. And Sky gets the pin after a bunch of kind of counter pinfalls and they were rolling all over the ring. Kind of a, a cool yet funny kind of spot. And Sky Blue comes out victorious there. Tag Team Action sees the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, defeat Sword Incredible Iverson and Coda Hernandez, who is subbing for Matt Nix. Both of their debuts, Coda and Sword Incredible Iverson, Davey Bang pins Iverson after a 450 splash. And the punk rock prince, Jordan Cross, pins Storm Grayson with Trevor Outlaw in his corner with the roll-up after Outlaw tried to interfere in the match. So the members of FTC LLC got a little bit of outsmarted there. And it's just been a bad year for Trevor Outlaw in terms of some of the decisions that have come down on him. And now, Jordan Cross is 5-0 in main card warrior matches. Can we call him the number one contender now? I mean, luck or no luck, the record is there. He's 5-0. He might have a title shot in his future. And then we had AEW star Konosuke Takeshita pinning Warhorse after a running knee. And during this match, it went all over the football field. It was crazy stuff. Warhorse scored yet another touchdown at Spartan Stadium. Takeshita cleared a set of four hurdles before taking out Warhorse with a kick. And they just brawled all over the place. There was a football involved at one point, And the down and distance chains were also used. And that's a really fun way of incorporating the football stadium into a match. And the Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship. This was a hell of a three-way match. Chicago's own Gringo Loco retains the title by defeating El Hijo del Vikingo and Gabriel Forza, and Gringo pins Forza after a Greetings from Asbury Park-type piledriver. And in your main event, the Warrior Wrestling Championship, 
or should I say the truly blessed Warrior Wrestling World Championship. And this was contested in a Falls Count Anywhere match, which was kind of switched up just before the match began. Casey Navarro retains. He had Frank the Clown in his corner, of course. Casey pins Matt Cardona, following FTC, throwing powder in Cardona's face. Navarro hitting a low blow on Cardona, and then following a head kick, leading to the pin. And now that pinfall ended up occurring on top of the football stadium press box. Yes, this was an amazing sight to see. And Casey Navarro and FTC celebrated with the fireworks going off in the background. And even the entrance. I mean, Frank the Clown has some epic entrances in the stadium series history at Marian Catholic. And this was no exception as Casey and Frank arrived in a stretch limo with fireworks in the background there as well. I mean, no spraying the expense on pyro for Frank the Clown and Casey Navarro. Great show from Warrior Wrestling. We will await their next show announcement. They will be remaining around the Chicagoland area and the Midwest as well. We just won't see them back at Marion Catholic. But again, head tip to Steve and Eric over from Warrior Wrestling for another awesome show. Coming up this weekend, we have Friday night, July the 7th. Zawa Live presents Way Down We Go in Nelson, Illinois. Friday night, north of the border, July the 7th. Lakeshore Chinooks Pro Wrestling Night, special guest, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. That'll be at Capco Park in Mequon, Wisconsin, just north of Milwaukee. Saturday, July the 8th, and this is a big weekend as the NWA returns to town, starting with Saturday afternoon's HP Cares for Cooper at the Rec Center of Highland Park at 2 p.m. This is a charity show, and donations are welcome. As everybody knows, about a year ago, the tragic mass shooting at the Highland Park 4th of July parade, and Cooper was the youngest person to hit hit by a bullet on that day, and he's had some medical bills and some other issues and stuff like that, and the NWA and Billy Corgan are stepping up with this show, and they're taking donations for him and his family. And this show features the NWA World Women's Championship of Camille defending against Natalia Markova. NWA National Heavyweight Championship sees EC3 defending against Jordan Clearwater. The Crockett Cup winners Mike Knox and Trevor Murdoch face Daisy Kill and Talos. NWA World TV Championship Tom Latimer defends against Chicago's own Jay Bradley. NWA World Women's Tag Team Championship M95 Chicago Sweetheart Missa Kate and Maddie Rankowski defend against Kenzie Page and Kylie Page. And then we have Magic Jack Dumas with CJ taking on Chicago area veteran Robert Ego Anthony. And in tag team action, we have Southern Six with Danny Deals taking on the Chicago area team of Joe Alonzo and Mario Pardua. And there's much more as well. Also Saturday, July the 8th, we have Northland Pro Wrestling's Road to Redemption at the American Legion in Lake in the Hills. And this will be an outdoor show that kicks off at 5 p.m. Also Saturday night, July the 8th, ARW and Dynamic Wrestling Alliance present Summer Games in Hobart, Indiana. And north of the border on Saturday night, July the 8th, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling will be at the Ashapin Fireman's Picnic in Ashapin, Wisconsin. And this is a free show. And there's a special attraction, six-man tag team match, the legendary Milwaukee promoter David Hero for one last time getting in the ring, teaming up with his son, the Fanny Pack Kid Cal Hero, 
and Al Snow, and they take on the triumvirate of Doug Basham, Drew Hernandez, and Backwoods Brown. Also this weekend, Sunday, July the 9th, NWA will be holding a two-session TV taping at Studio One Events in Highland Park. Shows begin at 2 p.m. and then at 6 p.m. All right, coming up next, as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome former WWE referee Justin King. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. And as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome someone who has refereed all over the world, and he's coming to Tinley Park to help officiate this special event. Ladies and gentlemen, former WWE referee and Rantoul's own Justin King. Justin, how you doing? How you doing? Nice to talk with you again. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, yes. Probably, the, I believe, the third referee I've had on now on Windy City Slam, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. All right, so first things first, Friday night, July the 28th, just a little over three weeks away, WAW North America presents A Night to Remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park, bell time 7 p.m. There's a 5 p.m. VIP meet and greet, and 6.15, the doors will open to the rest of the public, and you can get tickets at eventbrite.com. So this is going to be a stacked show with superstars such as Zach Zodiac and Saria Knight and Tom Latimer, the NWA Women's World Champion Camille, Scott Spade, Golden Boy Greg Anthony, Mustang Mike, the NWA Samantha Starr, Miles Mercer, Willie DeBomb Richardson, C-Red, Moondog Murray, and so many more. So Justin, my first question to you is, what is it like to be part of a show with a roster like this? I'm 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 grateful that uh, I was asked to do this show. I typically do not work in the United States, as we all know. I'm traveling so much around the world. I have not worked in Chicago in quite a bit of time. I did one offs for Warrior Wrestling, but that was, you know, that was in and out. Um, just to help my twin brother Robert, mm-hmm. we all know, who is a very skilled referee, went into being a security guard over at uh, uh, AEW now, so he can't ref any longer. But uh, I think that being asked to do this particular show 
it's a wonderful opportunity for me to first off be back into my home state. And also uh, Tom Latimer and I are really close friends. We have been for a long time. We both work together in WWE and I know Soraya's family very well. I don't like know Roy and Soraya that well, but I know the family I've studied and, and watched and, and followed along with the family and WAW over in England. So when asked to do this for North America, I was absolutely ecstatic and grateful to have the opportunity. So you've been a referee for the better part of 15 years or so, right? Absolutely. Um, I've been a referee since 2006. Um, I got my start in 2006 and I did, joined the WWE two years to the day. So, um, yeah, I've had like a Cinderella story, but also some mishaps along the way. But, uh, yeah, almost... Uh, you know, in three years, it'll be 20 years for me. And um, I'm grateful to still be very relevant. I'm grateful that people still um, come in droves to see me. And I'm humbled that I have been one of the most successful referees in the world. And one of the cool things of you working in WWE, uh, there were some other guys from Illinois as referees. You had Chad Patton, you had Jack Doan. So what was it like working with them? Um, so uh, let's back up a little bit. The reason why I became a referee in the first place is because I met Chad and Jack when I was 12. And I was a huge uh, referee fan. And uh, I got to speak with them. And on my 18th birthday, I had my birthday party out at Jack's house. And um, I've known the family for a long time. I work with uh, I work with Jack's wife, um, I'm, I'm, I'm then wife. And Chad has been one of my best friends for years upon years upon years. So working with them side by side was like an honor just because for the longest time I was on the outside looking in. And then when the opportunity presented itself, all three of us were able to, as a unit, work and represent Illinois in a big way. So any great road stories as a WWE referee? No, I my schedule. OK, so most referees, they got to go in when the talent got to go in. But I was always the first one in the building, last one to leave. I kind of was office, so I worked uh, in talent relations. So a lot of my time was I would get off the road, you know, get off a show at 11 or 12 and then have to be drive six hours and have to be to work at nine. So I never really got much like time outside of driving, hotel, you know, building, airport, home. You know, I never got to really experience that side of wrestling because I was too busy, even in FCW. Um, mm -hmm. I was Dusty. I was uh, I worked underneath Dusty, um, Dusty Rhodes. And even when we did the production meetings there, I was a part of the production meetings. There was a referee. I know you have multiple tasks. Uh, some of them work on ring crew and others may do like help with evaluations or whatever. Was that true about evaluations? I'm just guessing here. Um, so, no, most referees don't have anything to do with the evaluations. However, in FCW, I did have a say-so. I can finally remember who both of them are current WWE referees now. Jason Ayers and Chris Sharp, who went to England and now he's here in the States for NXT. Both of them tried out at the same time. And I was influential in helping with Jason Ayers getting in. So not saying that I, you know, was the deciding factor because no way was I deciding factor. But my opinion was asked, and I gave my opinion on both. I thought both were very talented, and I could only we could only pick one, and they decided to go with Jason Ayers. But, uh, you know, yes, I had my own ring during that tryout, and I was able to look at all the talents as well. And 
So it was different for me, I think, because I was so driven on trying to be the best all around versus just refing that I took refereeing to a whole new to a whole new level as as far as doing more than most referees probably would ever do. You mentioned you worked under Dusty Rhodes. So what what exactly did you do with Dusty? So on promo day, uh, Wednesdays were promo days, and I would be wearing the headset. I would be counting the talent down for the minute promo. I was the one that Dusty talked to when he needed something, you know, when he was inside the control room. I was the one that was outside with the talent talking to them, relaying what Dusty had to tell me. So in those show days, you know, with the production meetings and things like that, I was always the one to put into effect what they needed to be done. So, you know, Dusty would tell me something and then I would make it, I would execute that something. Now you spent some time in independent scene as a referee and as a manager, most notably with Resistance Pro, which ran shows around Chicago and the suburbs. So who did you actually get to manage? So I started managing in 2006 um, and I managed a group called Dangerous by Design in uh, Supreme League of Wrestling, which is now known as Zero One here in uh, the Mattoon area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed the Cobra, the Cobra, the elite warrior, the Cobra. I've yes. been with him since 2006. And now we were collectively known as King Cobra as we got into resistance. And uh, my job was to make sure that Cobra became champion. While we were unsuccessful for a majority of resistance pro, we'd never lost a match. So I was the guy who always had the, you know, big opinion. And I was always upset about Cobra not getting exactly what Cobra deserved. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed being a manager. It was the greatest joy of my life because naturally I'm an asshole. Naturally, I have um, I have this uh, big, big, larger than life personality. And if anybody knows me, they know I got the gift of gab. So the best part about me having a gift of gab is they never, never, they never needed to tell me what I needed to do in a promo. I just did it. You know, I can go out there and shred someone and not even think twice about it. And that's what made our team so great, because in reality, we all know wrestling is is a is a is a it's a scripted. And and, and we want to make sure we, we please the fans. But I, I, I really believed and which made it even better. I really believed that Cobra was the best in the world and you couldn't tell me any difference. So being a manager was fantastic. I, I, I like that more than being an independent referee at some points. Yeah, and the Cobra passes the eye test. You look at that guy's physique, man, and you just see a picture of him. You go, "Wow!" He's definitely uh, he's definitely come a long way from 2006, and um, so have I. But I, I think that Cobra is one of those hidden gems that if he did make it to a an Impact or an AEW or an MLW or anywhere that's got a major platform, Cobra would uh, definitely make his rounds and definitely do things that are way above where he's at right now. I think Cobra could be a a top star if Cobra really wants to be a top star. And around Chicago, you also roughed at Pro Wrestling Blitz, because I remember actually seeing you ref a show there, and then Warrior Wrestling, like you mentioned as well. So you even worked, I think, Warrior a little bit with your twin brother, Rob. So what was that like? I only worked one show with Robert. Um, I kind of was just backstage with him. And Lance Hoyt is one of my dearest friends. And he had a match at Warrior Wrestling. He asked me to referee it, so I threw my shirt on and ref the match. And um, I, I did. I think that's the first time I've ever done something like totally free of charge, on the cusp. Just go ahead and do it, just because of the amount of respect that I have for Lance Hoyton. Um, my brother, I trained my brother. Um, so um, whatever I learned in WWE, I passed on to him. Every piece of it 
And um, it was great to see him get his flowers and be able to do the things that he did for Warrior Wrestling and then becoming the head referee for NWA. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that he's now living his dream as a security guard, work going all around the world with AEW. But as a referee, Robert really impressed me once he actually got on the scene and got from underneath me because it was difficult being in my shadows the entire time. So last year around this time, we actually talked and it was at the Midwest Wrestling Reunion and they bestowed you and your brother with Referee of the Year Award. So what was that like for you guys? Being honored was, how can I say this? It was an amazing, amazing uh, accomplishment. And I was surprised that we even got the opportunity to be honored because we hadn't done much in the Chicago area. To get that honor was fantastic, and I was happy, and I was grateful, and it was a beautiful thing to see some of uh, our friends get inducted at the same time, so that was fantastic. Yeah, I think it, you mentioned that they, uh, Yabo and Ruffo actually were are pretty close to you. Yes, Yabo and um, Team Dammit and uh, Marche and C-Red and all mm-hmm. these guys are fantastic. I had so much, so many good memories with them, and you know what? It's been, it's been so many years, and especially with Team Dammit and C-Red, I worked with them when I first started. Like, they were, like, the hottest tag team on the scene when I first started. Everybody was scared of them. Yeah, and as part of WAW's North America's A Night to Remember, C-Red is part of their show, too. So how excited are you to be able to kind of have a reunion with him on that night? So it's going to be a great reunion, especially because in Resistance, C-Red was my number one uh, enemy. C-Red was my, that was who I beat up the most. I mean, <laughs> I beat him up with words. I beat him up with my kicks. I beat him up with my my unorthodox elbows and whatever else you wanted. He's got a heart of gold. And I absolutely love this guy. I'm always going to love him. I'm always going to have a deep appreciation for him because he was like the father of the wrestlers when we were all younger. Marche, Acid Jazz, um, you know, Willie and, and, and Chama and, us and Yabo and Rough Crossing and Mel and all these people. C-Red was that older person who had the wherewithal to keep us all together. So I'm going to always have a lot of love and respect for him. And I look forward to working with him. Yeah, that's a great group of wrestlers you just named there, too. A lot of Chicago area Midwestern legends in that group. Yeah, and I absolutely think that in a sense of it, I think that when you get that amount of talent together, uh, Robert Anthony's another one in the Chicago area that's been fantastic. But when you get a group of people like that together that have been uh, together since 2006, it does make a huge difference. And I do have a, a, a deep respect for uh, the Chicago market. I wish I had more time to work with the referees. So I wish I had time to work with like the Dan Perches and, you know, and Jeremy and these guys that are from the Chicago area that I haven't gotten a chance to work with. Cause I think that with me, I have literally been able to experience so much in the world. And I've been able to, if I, if I could, my whole goal now would be if I could take myself and become, once I get done refing, if I could just become mentor to some of these guys to get to that level where we can, yeah, where they can, uh, where they can go and do more things than the Chicago market. That'd be great. Not to knock Chicago because Chicago's got a huge market, 
It's just expanding it would be much better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So back to a night to remember. We have a several really good matches, and your main event's gonna be for the WAW World Championship, where Zach Zodiac defends against Thomas Latimer of the NWA in a two out of three falls match. And obviously, Zach is the brother of Soraya, aka Paige, aka Brittany Knight. And then we also have the NWA World Women's Championship with Camille defending against sweet Soraya Knight, the matriarch of the Knight family. And a IWF World Heavyweight Champion Golden Boy Greg Anthony defends against Scott Spade, and Spade is your current POW Entertainment Champion. So many big names, so many great matches. So, is there one match in particular that you're kind of looking forward to, or one talent you're looking forward to uh, working with that night? Maybe other than C Red, since we already talked about him. So, I've been I've been doing this so long that I don't want to say that I'm that I'm not looking forward to working with the talent. I think I'm just happy to be a part of the show and working with everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to meet uh, Zach and, and Soraya since I haven't formally met them that a lot of the other talent I've already either a worked with seen or been in the locker room with. So it's just a little different for me. I'm just grateful to uh, be able to be a part of a, a Chicago rich company, a rich Chicago company that's bringing in talent that is top notch. And I, I know that, with with Chaz and the way his vision is, Chaz is definitely Chaz is definitely someone who is very dedicated to making sure that everything that he does works. And so since it's that way, I'm just uh, along for the ride now. I mean, I'm, I just want to give my best performance as I always do, and I want to show what going all around the world has given me. Justin, this is going to be a fantastic show. Once again, a night to remember. We're also going to see for the vacant WAW North American Heavyweight Championship, Mustang Mike facing a young guy. It's your boy, Mason Perks. And in Perks's corner will be the Sinister Minister of Fear. And also for the WAW North American Women's Championship, which will be crowned on that night, Midwest Slider Stacey Shadows will take on the NWA star Samantha Star with the legendary baby doll in her corner. So this show is stacked and loaded and I am so glad that you got to be a part of this show as a referee. Yeah, I'm just looking, like I say, I'm looking forward to I don't know the referees that I'm working with. I have no idea. I have no earthly idea who's working with who and who's, I don't know what matches I'm doing. I just know that I'm a part of it. And I know that I am getting ready to embark on what's going to be one of the greatest shows. Hopefully this uh, packs out and hopefully we can get this to be a, a monthly thing or every month or every other month thing or something like that. Especially with me traveling so much around the world, I'm not sure how many how many times I can do it. But if it doesn't interfere with, because uh, I'm contracted with the Caribbean at this point, so I do have to work those shows like exclusively. I'm signed to them, but to be able to get to the opportunity to work this one, it's it's going to be great. Uh, once again, Friday night, July the 28th, just a little over three weeks away, we have WAW North America presenting A Night to Remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park. Bell time is 7 p.m., 5 p.m. VIP meet and greet. And if you don't have VIP, you get in the door at 6.15. Tickets are currently available at eventbrite.com. And you can also check out WAW North America on Facebook for more details and information. So, Justin, before we let you go, go ahead and plug whatever social media you got. If there's any merchandise, I'm not sure if many refs have merchandise and upcoming events you're going to be doing. So I leave July 
13th to go down in Jamaica. I'm going to be working for All Caribbean Wrestling on July 22nd and Kingston, Jamaica at the University of Technology there in Kingston. We will have a stacked show for that. Uh, we have such superstars as uh, Elijah Burke, the Pope. We have Lindsay Dorado. We have several superstars that have been with WWE and or are aspiring to be with WWE. We will be doing that. And then when I come home, then it'll be setting up WAW North America. So my Facebook is Justin King. My um, Instagram is, I got to go look at this real quick. I don't ever pay attention if that tells you anything. My Instagram is at Ref Justin King. And my Twitter is Real Justin King One. And I'm just grateful to, like I said, be along with the ride. I do have merchandise that I will be selling. When we do the WAW show, I do have shirts. I do have autographs that are going to be on sale. So please stop by. I will have my own table. So I look forward to selling on merchandise and seeing all my bands come out in Chicago. And thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to packing the house and making memories in the Chicago market again. All right, Justin, thank you very much. And we'll see you on July the 28th in Tinley Park. Thank you. All right, fun conversation with Justin King. I actually talked to him last summer, too, a little bit, and he's a really cool guy. He has some great experiences as a referee, not only in WWE, but all over the world as well. And I'll be very excited to see him once again at WAW North America's A Night to Remember on July the 28th. All right, next week, we're going to talk more local wrestling as there's some big shows coming up in the month of July and... As part of our coverage and sponsorship of WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome longtime manager, the sinister minister of fear, and his new charge, it's your boy, Mason Perks, as Perks will challenge Mustang Mike for the vacant WAW North American Championship on July 28th in Tinley Park. And can catch them right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.